and welcome to FFS Fast Finance Sorted, your perfect, no, your fun 15-minute financial education. I'm Hilary Lewis from Winchester Corporate Finance. And I'm Martin McLeod from Financial Health Club. And I'm Beth Jackson from Two Sisters Accounting. And today we are sponsored by Reward Finance Group. So I actually read earlier this week that... Um, there's a standard life study that shows that only 22% of financial advisors consider financial well-being as part of their um, business model. It's mental, isn't it? Literally. Da-da. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and having worked in financial advice, it's not surprising because I think the focus has always been primarily on the sales aspect and the product selling and making sure that people get a certain level of return. There's not a core aspect of, of the industry that's given to really speaking about what people truly value and having great long conversations about who these people are, what, what it is that they're really trying to achieve. Um, in my experience of working for big companies and financial advice, it was like you've got an hour with this client and then you move on an hour with the next client. You, you had 15 minutes to quickly read or even less about you know who that client was and then you're, you're into a meeting. You can't possibly get to know who people are and what it is that they're truly trying to achieve. Um, and that's one of the reasons that, that I became a financial coach and left the financial advice industry because I thought I can really help people get to know who they are, what they value and educate them on what will effectively bring them larger amounts of financial gain over their future than simply somebody saying, this is the product for you, and sign this, this is what you pay me, this is what you're gonna pay me every year um, for the rest of your life. It's, it's not rocket science, but a lot more has to be done. It doesn't surprise me the figure is 22%. I mean, you think that financial advisors have actually answered that questionnaire, and you know, obviously 78% are quite openly admitting that they don't value the client's financial well-being which is quite arrogant in, in a sense as well but it just shows you that the industry is built upon the actual selling of the product it's built on the wealth of the client and you know me as a financial coach I don't care how much money somebody's had or how much they've got I just care that they can have more you know it doesn't matter if they've got if they've got five pounds or five hundred pounds or five thousand pounds whereas in financial advice, it's all about the money. It's all about how much have they got. And I think that's where the industry falls down. And I think it, it will change in the future. I think it will change because the younger generation will be more savvy to that. And I think they will do a lot more on their own so that to become more approachable and much more time. And, and you do get good financial advisors. You see some of them on LinkedIn that are embracing that change. And, and, and I do see financial advisors who are starting to embrace that side of financial well-being and financial coaching which is great to see and hopefully that will continue in the future i think there's so many like negative connotations aren't there when it comes to sort of debt and finance like as a british people as a whole we're not very good at, at being kind of open about our finances and i think it does definitely play a part you know if people are worried about something they don't always necessarily know where to go do they no, it's a big taboo. I think I think money is a big taboo still in the UK. It's not a taboo in America. People will talk openly about what they earn. They'll talk openly about what they've got invested in the stock market. And I think at some point that is going to happen in the UK. And there's going to be people, you know, sitting in a bar and saying like, 
how much have you got invested in the stock market in 10, 15 years from now? And some people are going to be feeling really quite inadequate when they think, I don't have anything, because I, I never felt comfortable to approach anybody to get that help. And it's pivotal that people do feel that they can approach people and talk about this stuff, because it's really, really simple to understand. It's not rocket science. But traditionally, there have been barriers to entry. You know, in stockbroking, there was a barrier to entry. In financial advice, there still is a barrier to entry. You need a certain amount of money. You need a certain amount of income in order to to appear sexy or some to appear as, as something that a financial advisor wants to take interest in, really. Which is sad because everybody, in my opinion, is, is as important as each other. And I want to help everybody. I don't want to just help people who have a certain amount of money. Because by and large, the people with a certain amount of money probably have enough already. And they're not really interested in your help anyway. They just want to make sure it's ticking along. So, so your qualifications and all the knowledge you've got is actually useless. I found yeah. myself in a lot of financial advice like meetings talking largely about what happened in East Enders to people who wanted a chat, and I thought this is a total waste of my knowledge. So that's why. I, so that's why I thought, you know, I need to I need to get out of this and, and and put my knowledge to good use to helping people who want to get to the next level instead of those who are already at the next level or have inherited money and really don't care whether it's just ticking along. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the, it's nice to hear. Nice to hear that the sexy side of uh, yeah. finance isn't dead. Um, we've actually had a LinkedIn legend question come in. It's Charlotte Carter. I am the sales and marketing director at Rebellion Marketing, and I'm also the founder of Carter Bags. Um, so a little bit about Rebellion. We help businesses scale with performance-led marketing. Um, and at Carter Bags, I manufacture and sell sustainable laptop bags or as sustainable as possible right now um, for women via my e-commerce site, carterbags.com. Um, in 2019, I actually found myself in quite extreme financial difficulty. Um, I did end up taking a slightly unconventional route to clear my debt. However, I do remember reaching out to a debt charity at the time, which advised me that I should go bankrupt. So my question for you today is personal finance related. Um, it's if someone isn't earning enough to cover their outgoings um, and is accruing debt on a monthly basis because their outgoings are higher than their income, what are the most common issues that they face and what should be their first steps in overcoming them? Um, and I hope that this really helps whoever's listening to the answer because it's a really uncomfortable and um, really difficult place to be in. Great question there from Charlotte Carter. Um, I think for a lot of people, debt management is something that, that they do struggle with. Um, I certainly know from a business finance perspective, there are definitely ways that if you are in debt and you're struggling to cope with uh, repayments that actually sometimes refinancing can be a good option is just checking what your options are to see if you can get those interest rates at a lower level and, and I'm sure it's the same on a personal finance level but certainly the way that we do it 
is that we would do like a business review, check what products you've already got, see if we can consolidate those um, and get you on a lower um, interest rate or perhaps stretch out those loan terms so that you can repay it over a longer period but the the repayment is actually a smaller amount that's a little bit more manageable for you as a business um but again i can only talk about business finance um i think from a personal standpoint if you are at the point where things have got really really bad um and it's genuinely affecting things charities like the money advice service places like that you need to be speaking to professionals that deal with this day in day out that can help you um and sadly the best thing to do when you've got yourself into bother is speak to people and it is the last thing you want to do when you've got yourself into debt but the best thing to do is call the companies that you owe money and speak to them tell them about what's going on come up with payment plans communicating as with everything is always the answer it's the same with hmrc we deal with it all the time if you ignore hmrc they're way nastier than if you deal with them and help them. <laughs> so communication is key around these things. Speak to people, speak to the people that you owe money. Most places will be happy to even let you pay off a five or a week or five or a month even, just as so long as they can see that you're making payments. It's when you go silent, it's when you go missing, that they start getting nasty, that they start getting threatening. I, I don't know the um, laws around it, but I'm fairly sure there are rules that if you are showing willing and you are paying, they sort of have to accept that. So um, number one is communication. I know that's so hard when it seems terrifying and overwhelming and you hate it all. Um, but can you find a friend that you can open up and let them know about the state you've got them in? Or again, this is why these charities exist, because they will hold your hands through it. So it's just about finding people. Yeah, communicate is basically it. And that is the least helpful answer because when you've got yourself into a pickle you don't want to talk to people about it you want to pretend it's not happening but that only makes it worse yeah i think that is the key i think having done it myself having been in debt in, in my early 20s and i think naturally you do want to bury your head in the sand and you don't want to talk to people but like beth said you know talking to the people that you owe money to talking to friends and family even writing down your debts and putting them in an order of importance there also comes a point where you have to take ownership as well, I think. There's a lot of times we think to ourselves we don't have any money, but if we're honest with ourselves, we're probably not saying no enough. You know, Especially when you're young, it's easy because you're constantly being asked to go out and you're constantly being asked to go to a restaurant or go on a holiday. And unfortunately, the only way out is to say no. You're not saying no for the rest of your life, but you have to say no for a certain amount of time in order to get your finances back in shape. And I think it's really important to realise that you can massively turn your life around regardless of the situation you're in now. Um, lots of people have done it and lots of people will continue to do it. I think one of the biggest factors for me was when I read Duncan Bannatyne's autobiography and he explained that he had no bank account was living on a beach with absolutely no money and no future at the age of 30. And he decided after reading a newspaper article on Alan Sugar, who just made a million pounds in Amstrad, that he was going to go back to the UK and start to make a real conscious effort to build wealth and to build a future for himself. So I think that gives us all hope really that you know, no matter what position you're in just now, there is definitely a way out. and. 
there is definitely you know a chance for you to to live a a, a great financial future um just like just like Duncan Banneting did by just taking ownership and making sure that you know that you put all your efforts into um your money mindset and making and, and start to focus more on on, on your future and, and making sure that you you put all your efforts into into your own into your own financial well-being it's so interesting when you hear these stories about these millionaires, billionaires that started with nothing and then put so much work into it. So I listened to a talk by Alan Barrett, who's the guy that started the Grenade Bar brand, you know, like the chocolate protein bars. That's That was his yeah. baby. And he was saying that at one point, you know, he had 27 quid in the bank account um, and he went on to recently sell it to the company that owns Cadbury um for i think it was a multi-million pound deal like huge but he was saying at one point he was grenade bars had grown notoriety but i don't think they'd actually built up good cash yet so he was sleeping on the um sleeping on the warehouse floor because people kept trying to rob the grenade bars so he was sleeping on the warehouse floor <laughs> to try and stop them stop these pallets of grenade bars being stolen because obviously every time it did they just didn't have any money because this their stock kept getting stolen and you know and obviously then he went on to sell it for an obscene amount of money so i, I just find these stories and i know these millionaires celebrity millionaires that make all this money are absolutely the exceptions um but i think it is sometimes nice to have a little bit of like positivity let's try and overachieve and reach something near what they've done i definitely think this this that if you're putting the the level in, like you you have got work to do. If people are in debt, then there is work to be done. Like no one, you can't gloss over the fact that like that they they're in a in a hole with it, you know. And sometimes it, that hole can feel so deep and so tight, and you can feel like you're completely there on your own. Um, so I definitely think like yeah, like we were talking about before that communication. If you're sharing your like what's going on and opening up dealing with the problem like being proactive and not reactive like if you know that you've got um you know you're going to have bills to pay as martin said you're going to have to say no to certain things you can normally I, i'm a massive bargain hunter i like saving money it's you know it's all about you know what i'm about really um and there are ways that you can you know it might be that you have to cut back on things that i think the biggest they confuse it with what is not necessarily a luxury but like a, a a level of choice you have choices with all the purchases that you make and there are ways that you can save money people sort of aren't always prepared to give up you know that they they think oh well i'm not gonna you know i want i still want to buy top end brands for example like well yeah you can buy your heinz tomato ketchup but your tesco ketchup it might not taste as good or it might taste as good i'm not you know i'm not saying that one is better than the other but you can there are ways to save money you can choose different brands to perhaps purchase you can cut back on the the things that that you can cut back on like there are certain things you can't like there are non-negotiables aren't they if you've got to pay your mortgage you've got to pay your set level of bills but there are certain things that you can come back cut back on and as you say like choosing where you go on holiday or not having a holiday going without something my husband always laughs like he drove 
when we were we just got married and we he wanted I, I can't remember what it was he wanted some car or something and i said no you can you can drive a, a scooter for it if you drive it for six months you can then get the car that you want because we'll have saved enough to to do it and he did and he always laughs now that he was like oh my god there was me you had me driving on a moped in my 20s to like to and fro from work everyone laughing at me I'm like but you had a work van you didn't need you didn't need another car but if you wanted it you're gonna have to save up for it and and get it and do it that way and that's what we did but like i think not everyone is prepared to to make those cuts sometimes there we go um i don't and i think, and I, do... I, think I think the mindset sorry i think the mindset to get out of debt is very similar to the mindset that enables you to build wealth so if you can get the mindset that helps you get out of debt you're honestly so far along that journey that it'll be so much easier for you to take what you've already learned and put in that time that you've already spent with your money you will find it a lot easier to then move into the transition to start building money quite easily and i think this we do just need to clarify that this is obviously advice and opinions for people that aren't in a really really bad place with their debt obviously if you are at the point where your incomings aren't covering your very very basic heat water food and rent bills then seek professional advice this isn't this isn't professional advice this is for the sort of lucky people that do have some disposable income and possibly aren't spending it in the right places but for those who do need it there are obviously um there's the debt advice helpline i think there's a government-backed um helpline that that is available and you can you know if you get on google and if you google actual money action line or um government advel ad oh, teeth in google money advice no what am i what line is it they're googling i don't know um so if you do need help then you can contact the national debt line and they will be able to to help you um, thank you for joining us on FFS Fast Finance Sorted. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, for the first 10 people to leave a five-star rating and write a LinkedIn post, we'll actually give you a coffee just on us. You just need to make sure that you use the hashtag FFS Fast Finance Sorted. Um, and we look forward to reading those. And this episode was brought to you by Reward Finance Group.